Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. We're going to continue today in our uh, series that we've been on. So uh, before I do that, let's open up in prayer today. Father God, we give you thanks. We love you, Lord. We invite again your Holy Spirit, your presence to continue to minister to us as we continue to learn on how to communicate with our loved ones. And we pray your blessing upon each person here today. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, we're on our third week of this series. How many have enjoyed it? How many have been reading that book, maybe doing some of the goals that I've been outlining? Even if you're not married, you can do these goals with your loved ones at home, uh, with those around you, with your neighbors. It doesn't have to be necessarily a spouse, but uh, this is our third week on the love languages. And the first week I spoke on words of affirmation. Anybody want to admit that's their, that's their love language, words of affirmation? And then last week I spoke on quality time. And I believe that's a big one for a lot of us, quality time. And uh, that's all right if neither of those languages are yours because one of them specifically speaks to you. That's what you'll find out in this series, that one of them, one of these languages is what you can identify with. Amen? Um, I want to welcome also those that are watching online, those of you that uh, couldn't get away in this heavy downpour. Wait, it's not, it's not raining that hard, is it? It's just sprinkling. So we welcome you that are watching online. Um, hopefully you can uh, get today what you've been receiving every week. And again, I just want to touch on the core principles that each of us need to have in our relationship. Everybody say core principles. And those who are, and I mentioned them last week, their respect, kindness, gentleness towards each other. Those are core principles that any husband or wife will tell you you need to have in a successful relationship. As I mentioned, my parents have been married for 64 years. Not exactly. Give them a big hand. But during that time, those 64 years, it's not always perfect. How many know that? But throughout it all, there are principles that they've abided by. Things that they know that are a, a granted or, or they, they take, not for granted, but they know that exist in their relationship. The respect, the kindness, the gentleness towards each other. That never ends. Because the minute that ends, that's when the relationship ends. And that's a fact. If you look around at failed relationships, those three core principles fail. So again, that's a given in every relationship. There's no bargaining on those. You can't ask your spouse to give those up. There's no bargaining. Those are a given. You have to have those in any real loving relationship. But again, beyond that is what the focus of these five weeks are. Beyond that, it's about communication. And again, I want to remind you in this series, it's not about you. Look at the the neighbor, the person you're sitting next to, and tell them it's not about you. And tell them again, it's not about me, just so that we're clear on that. This is about how to love your spouse beyond those core values. Again, it's about learning to communicate. To love someone, you need to know how to communicate with them. Every one of us here 
speak. Uh, some of us here speak multiple languages. There's, there's uh, Tagalog, there's Spanish, there's Dutch, there's uh, I, who knows what other languages here that some of you here speak. And all of you can communicate with certain people with those languages. Marriage is the same way. You have to learn to understand what is the language your spouse speaks because you have to be able to communicate to that person. Amen? And everybody that's been married for longer than a, a day said amen. So, again, the point of this series and the reason I've handed out a book to you, The Five Love Languages, is because not all of us understand that we speak different languages. We're trying to speak to someone in our language, in our love language, and they're not receiving it. They're not able to receive it. And I hope that this series will give you insight into better communication principles to better understand how your spouse understands the language. Amen? So again, I'm speaking on the third love language, and so today I've titled this sermon, The Gift That Keeps On Giving. Say that with me. The Gift That Keeps On Giving. That could be titled about many things. Well, not many things, but there's certain things like the gift of salvation. That's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, the gift of Jesus Christ, but it's also the love language of giving. It's the gift that keeps on giving. When you give, oftentimes what you'll see is you'll get something back. But I want to remind you, just as we do with God, we don't give to get. We give just to give. Amen? We give just because it's a blessing to give. Have you heard the expression, it's better to give than to receive? It's true. Have you ever seen the faces of your children when they open up that present? I still remember opening up my Batmobile when I was like four or five years old. I had a little Batmobile that my parents got me, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And uh, I loved Batman back in the day. And uh, I remember we bought a keyboard for my daughter Bianca when she was about 13 or 14, and we bought her this keyboard, and she, her eyes just lit up, and I still remember her face as she opened up that gift. Why is that that we have so much joy in watching others? Because it's better to give than to receive. Amen? Now, there's nothing wrong with receiving gifts. I'm not just saying size extra large, T-shirts, and uh, cheesecake, danishes, uh, uh, anyways. But uh, let, let's recap real quick from last week. Love is spelled T-I-M-E. I don't want you to forget that. Love is spelled time. Love is spelled time. And time is involved in each of these languages. I don't care which one you speak. Time is involved in each one. The five love languages, the book that you've been given, it's, it's a great book to help your marriage prosper or any relationship. I truly believe that. And I, I want to remind us all today that we were each created uniquely by God. There's not another wonderful Anna Aguirre Mendez in the world. There isn't. There's not another Irene Desmuke in the world. There's only one. We are characters. We are unique. We are uniquely created, divinely created by a God that loved us, that, that created us at the beginning of, of, of the foundations of this earth. He had you on his mind. So I want you to know that not only does he love you, but you are unique. He loves you, amen? And as unique personalities, 
which we all have, we receive love in different ways. Wouldn't it be boring if we were all the same and we, you know, we all spoke the same, we all received love the same? That would be a boring, boring world. If we were all cookie cutter, looked exactly the same, felt the same, received the same, God didn't create you like that. He created you uniquely different. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm different. Because you are. I can see you from here. But see, but the point of that is by learning to recognize these differences, these preferences in yourself, you can learn to identify the roots of conflict, connect with each other on a deeper level, and draw closer with each other. That is the whole point of this series, is to draw closer with each other. You can't draw closer with each other if you're not together. Amen? It's just a simple fact. So getting back to this, at the root of all languages, it's coming to an understanding. That's the root of it. It's to understand each other. If I speak to someone in Spanish that's a Spanish speaker, they're going to understand me. If they speak Dutch, well, then I'll get Irene to speak to them because she can speak to them in Dutch and so forth. You need to understand each other. Now, we know that our Heavenly Father loves us. Again, I emphasize that almost every week because I think too often this world will beat you up and spit you out. And you can feel persecuted. You can feel unloved. You can feel that you're not a part of anything special. And I want to remind you today, you are loved by Almighty God. He created you uniquely, and He loves you. Amen? And so because He loves us, the Word of God says He first loved us. Yet when we were sinners, He loved us. In that condition, He loved us. And He loves you today as you are. And so we're going to go to our sermon text, and we're going to put that on the screen today, found in John chapter 13. If you'll stand with me, if you're able to stand today for the reading of the Word, and it's the same verse that I had last week, pair of verses. But in John chapter 13, listen to the words of Jesus that he's uttering to the people at that time. John chapter 13, verse 34, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Amen. You may be seated this afternoon. Notice how he said that you love one another as I have loved you. Not how you love someone, but as how he has loved us. Because that's a big difference. Your version of love, sometimes it doesn't compare to the love of God. Amen? The Bible tells us to turn the other cheek. If he hits you, turn the other cheek. Let him smack you on the other one. Now, I believe in self-defense. I believe that sometimes you've got to get your candelo on, but in the right time, in the right place. Amen? So the Lord is telling us how to love one another properly. And that's what communication that's what these love languages are all about. And I just want to recap for you on the screen, again, these love languages. Number one, words of affirmation. This language uses words to affirm people. You are affirmed, you are encouraged when people um, encourage you, when they when lift you up. Because 
let's face it, there are people that need to hear words of encouragement. This world, as I just mentioned, chews us up and spits us out. And it kills people's self-esteem. It kills their self-worth. And if you're not the one that goes around telling them, you know what, you're, you're a strong individual. You can do this through the help of God, through the help of His Spirit. You can overcome. And that's what you and I were created to do, to give words of affirmation, words of encouragement to our neighbors and especially to our spouse. Amen? Number two was quality time. This language is about giving the other person your undivided attention. It's looking at my spouse and looking at her in the eyes, and I'm trying to do a much better job of that, especially when there's a program on TV. I, I have to turn it off or at least mute it and then turn my body to my spouse and look at her. And I'm doing that, and I hope that each of you are taking the time to give each other quality time. Not just being in the same room together. My furniture is in the same room as me, but I don't feel close to my furniture. I want to spend quality time with my daughters, with my, with my wife. Amen? And then thirdly, which I'm speaking on today, receiving gifts. For some people, receiving a heartfelt gift is what makes them feel most loved. That person is on top of the world if you give them a little gift. It doesn't have to be anything expensive. Just a small gesture makes them feel so loved. And that may be some of you here today. The fourth one is acts of service. For these people, actions speak louder than words. It's your actions. Your actions speak louder than words. And the last one, physical touch. To this person, nothing speaks more deeply than appropriate physical touch. A physical peck on the cheek, a holding of the hands, whatever it might be that's appropriate in that setting. They feel loved, and, and, and their love tank is filled. Now, why is, why is it important to have a filled love tank? Well, number one, all of us were created as spiritual beings and as emotional beings. Remember when you were telling people, oh, I think I've fallen in love with my spouse. I've met the man, the woman of my dreams. You all remember that. Or remember meeting somebody and thinking there was nothing better than that, right? And your love tank was filled. Why? Because that person was meeting your needs emotionally, physically, and so forth. But feeling loved is a primary need for all of us. You can't be a hermit and live in a cave and be 100% all there. There are some people that choose to live by themselves and get away from humanity, but they're struggling with mental health. I'm talking about a healthy person. You need to have your love tank filled and it has to be filled on a regular basis. You can't just go to Costco gas station and fill up that love tank once. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. You got to keep going back. And you got to go back again and fill up that love tank again and again and again. I mean, some of us, some of us guys may think it'd be great if we could just do this once and then it'd be done with. But you got to keep going back and back. Amen? So that leads us to receiving gifts, which is what I want to speak to you on today. Receiving gifts. Say that with me. 
receiving gifts. Now, of all the love language that we're going to touch on, this one love language can often be misconstrued because many people can think, well, if that's your love language, then you're just a greedy person. All you want is just somebody, somebody to be giving you things all the time. And that's what they may think, but that's not their love language. They're, it's misconstrued. And um, you, people can think that you're just fixated on material things. And that's not the case, typically. If, if you or your partner's love language is gifts, that means that you feel loved when someone gives you a tangible item, when someone gives that to you. Or maybe you're that person that loves enjoying giving a gift to somebody. That could be that uh, gifts is your love language. Amen? Now, whether that item is a tiny trinket from a thrift store or a brand new or a 1967 Shelby Mustang, which I would love to have, uh, it doesn't matter the price, it's the sentiment. How many know what I'm talking about? How many have ever received a little trinket that probably wasn't worth much? Maybe even somebody made it for you, but it was the sentiment. They gave you something from the heart. And those gifts sometimes mean the most. I have, and I wish he was here today, uh, Alex, Brother Alex Vasquez, he made us a cross for our home. It's a wooden cross that sits in our hallway, and he made it for us about two, three years ago. And it, one day he just showed up to our house and said, I made this for you. And uh, I thought, wow, this is awesome. And he does woodworking on, on the side. He loves to work with wood, and so we have it hanging up. And I love it. Every time I see it, I think of him. And it, it wasn't significant in price, but it was significant because he made it with his own hands. He, he put his sweat, his, his labor into making something simple, and it was its beautiful gift. Amen. Now, here's the problem. Gift giving isn't my love language, and it isn't Anna's, thankfully. Amen. Now, I have a sister-in-law, that's her love language, uh, and, and I'll let them figure all that out, but I'm thankful that it isn't my wife's love language, that she doesn't need to be shown gifts to feel loved. But it doesn't mean that just because it's not your love language that you can't appreciate it, amen? All of us can appreciate a gift. In fact, I'll share with you, back in 1993, uh, November... November 10th of 1993, but who's keeping track? That's when I first met Anna, and we had our first date on, actually, I, I'll back that up, on October, October 10th. No, 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 it was, it was November 10th. We met, it was a Wednesday night, and we met, and then on November 13th, we had our first date in San Francisco. And a couple months later, as we're dating, it happened to be my birthday, and she shows up to my house, and uh, she's got the biggest balloons I've ever seen walking in attached to a basket that looks like a hot air balloon basket. It's so Napa Valley gift. And she walks in with the biggest birthday card I've ever seen and gives that. To, I was like blown away. Nobody had ever given me balloons, especially big balloons. Like it was a big balloon, uh, like a hot air balloon, and then with little balloons and a big card. And I think we still have the card somewhere. But the sentiment, 
My love tank was filled right there. I thought, how awesome. She loves me. And that's not even my love language. But yet it made, it connected right here. Amen? It meant something to me. And obviously it meant something to her to bless me with that. But uh, I've never gotten balloons since then, but that's okay. I thought it was beautiful back then. It was the first and last time. Amen? So to recap on gift giving, if that's your love language, the true meaning of gift giving isn't extravagance. It's the sentiment. It's the sentiment of what you're conveying that you're appreciated, that I love you, that I care for you. That's what you're trying to do, attempting to do when you give a gift. That you don't have to give. Just, and here's another thing. If this is your love language, don't wait for that birthday. Don't wait for that anniversary. Just give a gift for no reason at all. Just show up on that doorstep. If it's a friend, give them a gift for no reason at all. They will truly appreciate that gift more so than any time in their life. Amen? Now, a person with this love language might cherish the gift, however small, however large, amen, than someone who speaks a different love language. For every time they see it, it serves as a reminder that they are loved. Every time you see it. I want to give you right now examples of how someone with this love language might express love. So if that's your love language today, you don't have to raise your hand. But that may be your spouse's love language. I want to give you some ideas, spouses, or just friend. I want to give you ideas on how to express that love. So number one, send your spouse flowers, the obvious one, even if it isn't a special occasion. Don't wait for an anniversary. Buying your spouse's favorite snack food while at the grocery store. Buy them something. Don't wait for them to tell you, oh, can you pick me up a, uh, a box of M&Ms? Or just buy it for them and surprise them. You'll be shocked how much that means, a simple gesture like that. Getting your spouse tickets to see their favorite musician or band or artist, you know. Uh, giving your spouse a gift certificate to a restaurant they like without you asking them, hey, wh wh where would you like to go out to eat? What would you like to do? Having a coffee or lunch delivered to your spouse while they work. Again, it doesn't have to be a spouse. It could be a friend, somebody that needs to hear that, somebody that needs an expression of love sent their way. Or finally, leaving a small gift for your spouse to find when they wake up. How many love those little gifts? Amen? Yes. Nothing better than that. I... So I, I did this already. I'm ahead of all of you because I know what I was speaking on today. So I had to give my wife a gift yesterday. And so I gave her a gift. And, and uh, so anyways, the, I put on the mirror in the bathroom. And I put a little note on there. I said, Dear Anna. And then I explained to her what the gift was. And, and uh, I, so I knew that she would walk in the bathroom at some point. And see it. And she appreciated that. In fact, I was in my office, and when I heard her just laughing out loud, and I knew she read the, the little note. But it was a little note. It was a surprise note that she wasn't expecting. And some of you here need to do that with your spouse. Amen? Now, let's shift gears here. We love gifts, whether that's your love language or not. 
But how many know that your heavenly Father also loves gifts? He loves gifts. I know it's difficult to comprehend when you think of it. How can we give a loving God, a heavenly Father that created this world, how can we give Him a gift? So the question I have for you this afternoon is, what could we possibly give to the Lord? He created this world. What could we give to the Lord that has always existed from the beginning of time? I want to put up on the screen Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 in case you're wondering how we could answer that. But Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Or as the King James says, this is your reasonable service. This is a gift that we give to the Lord. You want to know how you can give a gift to the Lord today? Give your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Does it say there, be perfect? No, because he knows we're not perfect. He says, be, be holy and be pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is how we worship God, by giving ourselves to him. Amen? We give ourselves to God. This can be the hardest gift to give of all. Because, see, it's easy to give money. It's easy to give a gift, to give material things. It's easy to give time. It's easy to give words of affirmation to our, to our spouse and to others. But to give ourselves, our body, our mind, our soul, our strength to God, that's a difficult thing to do. When you give yourself, everything that I just mentioned is included. When you give yourself to Almighty God, this takes a commitment. Everybody say commitment. Because when you give yourself to God for Him to use you as He sees fit, you have to continually keep giving yourself to God. There's an expression that a theologian once said, the problem with living sacrifices is that they keep trying to crawl off the altar. See, when we give ourselves to the Lord, when we say, Lord, I, I give myself to you, it's not just a one-time thing. We do that as salvation, but we got to continually do that as an expression of our will. Lord, my will, not your will be done. My, not, your will, not my will and, and you have to continually to express that because it's so easy for the world to pull you and say, nah, you don't have to listen to that. You don't have to pray. You don't have to give to the church. You don't have to attend church. And, and the world will pull you away from those things if you're not careful. It's your will, Lord, not my will. And once you give of yourself continually, as that scripture said, that's when you are doing true worship when you give of yourself, amen? Even after we submit our own will to God's, we often want to keep running and, and doing our own thing. Our will, our will, my will, Lord. But when you truly give yourself to God, you don't tell God how to use you. You say, Lord, let your will be done. 
You don't say, Lord, I'm going to serve you, but only this. Lord, I'm going to serve you 75% of the time. Lord, I'm going to serve you five days out of seven. No, it's seven days a week, 24-7, 365. That's the way of a believer. You serve him all the days of your life. That is the greatest gift you can give your heavenly father. Amen? Now, I, I want to make this clear that just because you give your life to him and you say, Lord, not, let your will be done, not my will, he's not going to love you more. God is not going to love you more just because you go to church. God is not going to love you more just because you're being obedient. God loves you the same. Amen? He's already given you his all. He's already said, I'm right here. I'm giving you everything I have. Don't expect him to love you more for your faithfulness. It doesn't work that way. That's a human natural element. God gives us his all when we come to know him. Amen? John 3.16, I believe we have this scripture. Do we have this? No, we don't have the scripture uh, on the screen. But let me read it to you. You're all familiar with the most well-known quoted verse in the entire 66 books of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, have everlasting life. God so loved the world. That means he loves every one of us. He loves all those that still don't know him. Your family, friends that do not know Christ, God still loves them. And it doesn't change. Even if they choose to walk away from God, he still loves them the same. Even if they choose never to walk with him, he still loves them the same. Amen? And that's what I want to make sure that you, you grasp today that we, you and I, need to give him our all. Amen? Give him your, your will. Say, Lord, let your will be done, not my will. It's making a sacrifice, putting your will here on the altar and saying, Lord, I leave my will here. My pride, I leave it here. I crucify it. My, my, my anger, my unforgiveness, my desires. Lord, you know what's best for me. He gave us this manual called the Bible because he knows what's best for your life and my life. And he's wanting you to just say, yes, yes. How many choose to say yes today and say, Lord, let your will be done, amen? Let's close today, and I would invite Bianca to come up as we close. How many receive this today to, to just love Love on God and just say, Lord, I give you my all. That's the greatest gift you can give. You may not have a gift to give to your spouse today other than your love, your immediate love, your time with that person. But I, I would ask you today, if you haven't committed 100% to God, today's the day. Just say, Lord, I'm all in. I'm all in. I, I give this up and I give it to you. Stand with me as we close today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Okay. We're going to go into a song as we close today, and, and then I'll pray as we, as we end our service today. But uh, 
I just want everybody to focus this week on giving your best to God, giving him the gift of your best. Not 75%, not 80%, but give him your best this week. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.